0: Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk Notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. As we begin, I just want, with First Peter, I just want to read a, a little summary of what First Peter, that, that covers all of it. And this is the summary of First Peter. The book of First Peter helps us lift our eyes from our light and momentary troubles to the great destiny of our loving Father that he has prepared for those who love him. That's what 1 Peter is about. Peter is writing it to people who are hurting, people who are going persecution for their faith. and, And he's not trying to downplay what they're going through He's trying to lift their eyes to to, to greater things and lifting their eyes and and just changing their focus to the Lord in heaven. And as I think about that, and as I think about this message for today, it makes me think of a story that uh, a good friend of Crosswalk, John Sable, uh, who was a member here for years and, and taught in our class system, when he taught our 401 class, He used this example. I I remember it. And it's just very helpful for me as I think about this. And he tells the story of going to the Grand Canyon with his daughters. And when they went to the Grand Canyon, they were on the rim of the Grand Canyon and they started hiking down. And they evidently started their hike right after a very well fed pack of mules. And so what happened is as they were going down the trail, the mules were trying to lighten their loads and uh, all over the trail, there was uh, a bunch of mule droppings. And, and so as he was hiking with his, his daughters, they were complaining constantly. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna step in it, it smells so bad. And, and he, they were just whining and complaining. And finally, he told them to stop, shut their mouths, and look up. And when they did that, instead of seeing the mule droppings that were there and the smell, they looked up and they saw one of the most beautiful sights in the world. And, and what he was telling them was, sometimes we need to do that, that we are so focused on the problems that are around us that we miss the beauty of the big picture, And that is what what Peter is telling these individuals as well. Again, I'm not saying, and Peter was not saying is that it doesn't stink. He's not saying that it's not gross. He's not saying that maybe he wishes he was on a different trail. But that's the path you're on. But as long as you're on the path, lift your eyes to something that's more beautiful that will keep you going. And that's what I want you to think about as we, we look at these, these lessons from 1 Peter. Last week, Pastor Jeff talked about the trials that we go through and how trials can prove genuineness of faith. So in, just in case you weren't here last week, this came up in our growth group, and it, I, th- I think it's a very good lead-in for today. And what we talked about is why hardships are so important for developing relationships. And so imagine for a moment that when my wife and I got married, that I was an incredibly successful businessman and I was worth 10, 15 million dollars. There might be a part of me that always wondered: did she marry me for my money? Or did she marry me because I'm incredibly handsome? Or Is it that she truly loves me? And and that question can really only be answered if we would lose everything. It's only in the hardships. It's it's not in the good times. It's It's in the middle of the miserable times that you realize, is someone with me just for what they're getting from me or are they truly committed to me? And that is what Peter was telling these Christians, that when we go through these hardships, and and again, we don't wanna diminish them, but we go through these trials, that when everything is stripped away except Jesus, that when Jesus is enough, that those are the times when your faith is proved genuine. And, and And it's clear to you and to everyone that you do have this relationship with Christ. So understanding that, now he moves forward into the second part of chapter one, and these are the words we're going to look at today. And I'm gonna start by reading 1 Peter 1, verse 13. So therefore, since we understand that God loves us, that he gets us through these trials, that he, he has shown his love in Jesus Christ, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. So so now what he's telling us is understanding that these are the trials we're going through, you need to be alert and you need to be sober, which means you have to look at the way that you think. And as I thought about this being sober, it made me think of one of my favorite shows on TV, which is, it's reruns, but it's Cop's. And so, as I watch cops, it's very interesting to watch people that get pulled over who are a DUI. They're driving under the influence of something. And so, as you're watching that, I'm not even there, but it's just through the cameras. I can't smell the alcohol. I can't look into their eyes. But when you watch them get out of the car and you listen to them slur their words... and and the stupid things they say. Or maybe as you watch them begin to take a sobriety test, you realize they're driving under the influence of something. What, I don't necessarily know, but they're driving under the influence of of something. And now I want you to think about it this way. It's, are you thinking under the influence of something? Are you thinking, and, and my guess is that a lot of times the first answer is going to be no, and here's why. Because everyone who gets pulled over for the DUIs on cops, they always say the same thing. Have you been drinking? They know they have to say yes because they can smell it. So how many beers have you had? And you know what the most common answer is? Two. Everybody says two. Everybody says two. That's just the way it is. It's two. And it's because they, and they might even believe it in the moment or they lost count or whatever it is. But the reality of it is they think they're fine. They do. I I met one guy once, 10 DUIs. He had been in, in, in prison. He was under house arrest. And he said to me, his exact words, I'm a good drunk driver. I think the cops are just after me. I'm like, Maybe you're not as good as you think, you know why? Because you're drunk, and because you're drunk you can't evaluate yourself clearly. So my question to you is, are you living or thinking under the influence of pain? Are you thinking under the influence of guilt? Are you thinking under the influence of anger or hurt? or heartache, or greed, or selfishness, or fear, or loneliness, or past mistakes. Here's the deal, is drunk is .08%. And, And some would argue, I don't think that distorts me that badly. I think I'm okay. I think it could be higher than that. But what if your thoughts are only 0.08% affected by these emotions? You're not sober. And I am willing to bet that if we followed you around, you would fail a spiritual sobriety test. And all we would have to do is listen to what you said and watch the way you act. You, you, you might be able, if you concentrate, to hide it for a little bit. You, you might not be completely sloppy, fall over drunk with your emotion, but, but you don't realize how much it is hampering everything you do. I'm just telling you, as someone who is probably the, the spiritual police, and I say it not in the sense that I'm coming after people to arrest them, but rather observe people at these times when I'm the one who's called to come look at these situations where, where it's very easy to see they're drunk, they're not sober. They're, I don't know what exactly it might be on, but it's obvious that they are not thinking clearly. And what does God say? Therefore, with minds that are alert and sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. So how do how do I get sober then? And he gives the answer, and let's fill in the blank right now. Sober thinking comes through meditation on God's word. It is a daily reset to God's way of thinking. It's a daily reset to God's way of thinking. So, so when you think of it, this is what I want you to think of is, I don't know if your house, this ever happens, but every once in a while, our internet goes kind of crazy. So I have to go unplug it, let it sit for a minute or so, and then I plug it back in. Every once in a while, my phone gets goofy. So I power it down, then I restart it, and it works properly. My computer, I do the same thing. And, and it gets updates or whatever the reason why, I don't necessarily know, but I do know that the unplugging process is what's necessary. And that is what, what, what we are being told to do, that, that Christians on a daily basis, with all this, remember the context, this is with all the hurts and the hardships that are going on out there and all these things that have my attention, that God says, you need to unplug from it. You need to to divorce yourself from the things that are going on in your life. You need to go to a quiet place where it's just you and God, where you can get away from the smell and get away from the the mule droppings and and stand there in the presence of God and lift your eyes higher and see the beauty of the God that we have the privilege of of serving. And, And what are we going to focus on? We are going to focus on the grace of Jesus Christ, and the forgiveness of sins that we have, and in this quiet place standing before God that that we can put away the rationalizing of sin and the minimizing, not, not of others in that hurt, but of our own, of our own sin, as we stand before God and ask for his forgiveness. As we do that, we are sobered up. That now we can see clearly because we're seeing things clearly through God's lens and through the the lens of His Word. And we can see the problems in our life a little more clearly and definitely the future He has planned for us. It's the way we live Christian life. We're going to continue to talk about this and how this happens throughout the rest of the message. So we continue. We go to 1 Peter 1, to 16. So now that we're sober, now that we can think straight, as obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. And so now you, you, what God is saying is this, is now that you have taken time and you look at the forgiveness of sins that you have in Jesus Christ, that you understand the grace that God has shown you, that as you are basking in his love, now as you get ready to plug back in, as you get ready to, to, to live your life, now you are ready to live like him. Now all of a sudden, as you are thinking clearly and seeing clearly, now it's time to get back on the road with your driving, with your living. And as you do that, he's saying, what is it we, he wants us to do? Be holy. And holy means without sin, Holy also means set apart for a special purpose. And so as you live your life now, he is saying, live your life. You have the power and the strength to say no to sin and yes to righteousness. And I'm just gonna give you one example that you have done today. Whether you felt like it, whether you didn't feel like it, you got your butt out of bed, you dragged it here to church to hear God's word. And I'm telling you, you that, that's today, you know what that is? That's a good choice. That is. And, and now, now you are faced with another choice. And that is what pastor is telling me today, what Peter is telling me, what God is telling me today, having been forgiven by Jesus Christ, having his, his, his love in my heart, now am I going to follow God and, and live that holy life and be like him? Now am I going to continue as I make these choices to live in love or, or to live and go back to my other way, perverted way of thinking? In the blank you can write, when we see Jesus and ourselves clearly, the Holy Spirit gives the power to say no to sin and yes to God. And this is called sanctification, sorry, I know it's a long word and it's a word that you're never going to use outside of church, but the Latin word sanctus means holy and sanctification is holification and that's not a word so I can put it up. So what this means though is this, is that understanding and plugging into God now gives me an opportunity in my life to live for him. And remember, this is in the midst. Just so you know, I know, I live in this world too. And I know how hard that is. And for that reason, as I look at it, even in my own life, when I think of unplugging, sometimes the unplugging, and sometimes my router is this way, it needs to be plugged in and unplugged repeatedly until it starts working properly and we need to do the same. But this is the point, and that is you are not a a victim in this sense, but you have this power given to you by God through Jesus Christ to live in holiness. Now, what does this look like? We go to the next portion, 1 Peter 1, 17 to 21. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially... Live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. So this is saying, we understand one day we're going to face God as a judge, and so we're going to live here in fear, not being afraid of God, but reverent fear, meaning we understand he's going to come again, that God is, is not necessarily just my buddy, but God is my judge. And, and I understand that as I live my life. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. So what he's saying is there was a way that you used to live that's messed up and you used to think differently. That was empty. You, knew, you know that. That was not living new. That was the old way. But, notice, but instead, we were bought with the precious blood of Christ a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him and so your faith and hope are in God. And so as we're living these lives, what we're doing is we're reflecting the faith and hope that we have in God that as we we live our lives, we're keeping that that perspective as we see throughout this world, as as we see what is coming, this great destiny that God has in store for us, and at the same time, we're able to live uh, thankful lives for what Christ has done for us living in holiness. Now, one of the things that we have to look at as we're thinking about thinking properly, are we sober, are we thinking clearly, he points out, are you thinking in an old way of thinking or are you thinking in a new way of thinking? And so what I listed below, it's not a fill-in necessarily, but what it is, is it's a process for you to look at, to think, so you can see, am I thinking in an old way or am I thinking in a new way? And so there's, that goes straight down. The old way of thinking is this. Events, self-talk, emotions, actions. And so the, the most obvious way in my life of the old way of thinking is showing this progression is when I drive. Because when I drive, I react, I don't respond, which means I go immediately what comes first, and that's usually not good. So what happens is an event Someone pulls out in front of me. I don't like that. Just going to tell you, in case you're about to pull in and you see me, Pastor Dan, come and you're like, oh, I'll pull out, Pastor Dan will let me in. No, I'm not. I'm in a hurry. There's people I need to tell about Jesus. Stay out of my way. And what I just revealed to you is my self-talk. My self-talk is, it's my turn. I'm on the road. I have the straight line, we live in a society with rules. And so the rule is, wait for the person, I learned that in kindergarten. Why can't you learn this on the street that I'm in front of you, so you have to wait. Then what I'm showing a little bit of is emotion. Now all of a sudden I'm getting worked up and and I'm getting angry. And now what are my actions? Don't ask my wife the drive past, stare down, the, the pull up to the bumper, maybe the pass and slow down. <laughs> All these things I'm not proud to say I've done, but that is the old way of thinking. Do you understand that? As opposed to the new way of thinking, where, where, where someone pulls out in front of me, and, and now I have a different self-talk, where, where I can say, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. That that person who just pulled in front of me is a child of God, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Hey, hey brother, hey sister, you're loved by God too. Or maybe, maybe it's someone who's 16, 17, 18 years old and just learning how to drive. And and it's a good thing that I was coming the other way where I noticed it and I could slow down so they could get in. All of a sudden, it starts changing. You have this God talk that instead of thinking about me and myself, it's, no how does the Lord look at this person? Now my emotions change. How can, I, how can I help them? How can I give them some space? I wonder if they're in a hurry. I wonder if there might be an emergency. And then live new. I can arrive where I'm going five seconds later and, and, and not get there all-upset uh, and, and maybe even show kindness to someone who in that moment needs it. Now, as, as Peter was writing to these people, they had a different way of thinking. Their old way of thinking was either they were Jewish who looked at, at themselves that they had to live perfect lives in order to please God. So that when events would happen in their life that didn't go well immediately, their self-talk would be, I can't let anyone see my weakness. That you think of the Pharisees of Jesus' day that they, they would never admit wrong. They were very defensive. That was their self-talk. And their emotions then are fear or maybe depression or either way that I have to keep others from seeing the way that I really am. And then their actions ultimately led, what, to the death of Jesus, right? Very defensive. They would lash out. That they, and this was how they used to live. Others of them were Greek people who, who grew up with that this life is what it's all about. So when bad things would happen, their lives were over. That was their self-talk. This life is all that there is. And so the emotions, the sadness and depression when anything bad would happen in my life, and then when do, what do I live in, my actions? Either I want to end it, or I will be ruthless in getting what I want. That Peter's telling them, you guys, you if you're going down that path you are not sober you're not seeing things clearly god's way of thinking and you're not seeing what you have been given in jesus christ but we have and you have which means now you can live new if you you turn the page what, what I've done is just given you an example. This is from the life of Peter. And that's why I love this book, I think, is because Peter has credibility with me because Peter used to live in the old way of thinking and now he was living in, in a new way of thinking. So there were times when Peter, the way he used to think was an event happened where Jesus talked about his death. And, and Peter was like, oh, you can't, don't talk about your death, don't talk about dying. He didn't understand the need for Jesus' death. And, and so his emotion was fear. We need to stay away from that. We need to keep you safe. And it, and it just led to a, a messed up way of thinking. But in these verses, we're going to see Peter's new way of thinking. And, and what this was about was at a time when a lot of people were turning away from Jesus. And I'm going to read it right now. So from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And this is talking about Jesus. Um, About halfway through his ministry, a lot of people left. And so what's going to happen? That was the event. The next part, you do not want to leave too, Jesus asked the 12. So now that's the self-talk. Well, if everyone else is leaving, maybe they're right, maybe I'm wrong, maybe Jesus is a fake, maybe he's a fraud, maybe he's a phony. Uh, maybe maybe this isn't all it was cracked up to be, but then notice Peter answers with God's talk, with His promises. When He said, "Simon Peter answered Him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life." And those words aren't just from Peter; those words are from God. Those words are the words that come from the Holy Spirit. Those are words of faith. Those are our words that don't look at the mule droppings around us, but those are words that look to the destiny set before us in heaven. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. And finally, we see the emotion and the action. That, that when you have your emotion, your self-talk, which drives your emotion, Aligned with God's word, faith is strengthened, faith is strong. The direction becomes not only clear, but the nerve to take it also comes through the work of the Holy Spirit. And again, I I just uh, want to remind you, this is why it is so important and why we encourage you just about every week to take time to unplug and be in God's word. And it is, first of all, to do this yourself as you have your Bible, a Bible app, a Bible reading, devotion, whatever you do. But this is is also a, a reason to be around other Christians, whether it be in a growth group or with Christian friends or whatever it is. Because if you have a friend who is truly a Christian friend, they constantly give you sobriety tests. I don't, think you're th- I don't think you're thinking about this clearly. I don't know if you've, you've thought this through. And, and they try to slowly direct you back, back to God's word, back to God's way of thinking so that you're seeing clearly and you can live new because you align your th- hearts and, and thoughts to God and his word. So again... It, it, just the, this encouragement to be seeing your time in God's word in this way, letting him speak to you and the things you are going through in life. And finally, uh, the, well, it asks the question there. It's real, again, this isn't a fill-in, but the question is, in what area of your life do you need to change the way you think about events so that you can live new? A- as you think about what is your old way of thinking, how, how am I being caught up there? And maybe if, if that is something, who can I talk through it with? And then he goes forward, the last words, from 1 Peter 1, to 25. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. This is what living new is, people. Loving each other deeply from the heart having our hearts and minds aligned through God's word, the Holy Spirit living in me, having the power to say yes to God and his word, love each other deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. The book of 1 Peter is about going through light and momentary troubles and keeping our eyes on a higher focus. And this is a way for us in the midst of an earthly life, even though we are like grass and there are so many things we can't control and so many things that that are not going to last, one thing lasts forever, and that is the Lord. His word endures forever. And as we remembered from Psalm 118 give thanks to the Lord for he is good because his love endures forever. Thank you for whoever was awake. And now as we look at that, this is a way that when God's word is in us and the Holy Spirit is working in us, that our love endures in our lifetime as well. This is living new. Living new is being able to get up on a daily basis and as we we look around us, look for opportunities for the people that are closest to us, for, for the people that we come into contact with, for the people we care about, which is everyone in Levine-style Phoenix throughout the world, what are the opportunities we have to love? And this is the beauty of it, is that no matter where you are, everyone in this room, in a unique way, has an opportunity to love someone. This is, this is the homework that you get to start immediately Reflecting the love that Christ has shown for you with the people you come into contact with today. In the blank, you can write, in my life, in the meantime, I can work on things that last. I will live new by showing love to God and others. I don't know where you're standing today. I don't know if you're standing in a big pile of mule droppings i don't know i don't know if the smell is getting to you if it is just becoming overwhelming now and i'm not going to again try to downplay that and peter isn't either but my encouragement for you today is to lift your eyes to see the beauty that is here that that has been given to you in jesus christ you have been shown the grace of god you have been redeemed through the blood of jesus christ You are forgiven. The Holy Spirit has taken residence in your heart. You have everything you need through God to live new. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for all the gifts that you give us in Jesus Christ as our savior. And uh, we ask that you would help us on a daily basis unplug from this world and, and come back to you so that we can have clear thinking and not be influenced by other things in our life. Lord, help us, Uh, we know that your love endures forever and that is a love that you continue to show to us, show to us day after day after day. Help us now, give us the strength and the power to also show that love and, and show the Holy Spirit who is living inside of us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, Head over to CrosswalkPhoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. One way that you can really take this message home, and I would strongly, strongly, strongly recommend this, is to look at the, the, the process of thinking with the events self-talk, emotion, and actions, and, and with someone that you love and trust and who cares about you, maybe try to identify just one. Maybe if there is, is something that, that is just keeping you from moving forward, to, to maybe explore, write down what your self-talk is, the thoughts that are going through your mind, identify them, and, and have the Lord speak into them as well. And as you do that, to to move forward so that you can live in love and, and live new as God would have you do it. And now, as you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a great day.